0: Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Gear 30 on the Blister Podcast Network. I'm Jonathan Ellsworth, and you can check out everything we're doing and reviewing over at blisterreview.com. Okay, today, Kristen Sinnott and I are talking about this new event that we are launching in two weeks called the Blister Summit. Now, you can find a whole lot of information about the Summit on our Blister website. Again, just go to the homepage of blisterreview.com. But we wanted to tell you a bit more about the origin story of the Summit and just share a lot more details about what is going to be going on at the Summit and why we are doing things in the way that we are doing things. Because you maybe would have sort of assumed by now, if you've been paying attention to Blister for a while, we kind of tend to really drill down and sort of think through everything. Some might even say overthink things. But point is, we really do have a pretty significant rationale for exactly why we're doing things in the way that we are. And we just kind of wanted to flesh those details out for you. And I've got to say, there have been sort of a few key moments in the history of Blister I would say the first was, you know, launching Blister itself and really operating in a really, really different way than most other outdoor media entities. You know, so there was that like the launch. The second thing I'd say was the launching of our winter buyer's guide, which was our best take on how we might elevate the legitimacy and the genuine usefulness of a buyer's guide. And while you should certainly judge for yourself on how good of a job we've done or how well we've hit that mark, when we at least look at some of the other guides out there, well, let me just say that I'm really proud of the work our team does each year on that Winter Buyer's Guide. And then I'd probably point to as like the third big development at Blister, that's probably been our network of podcasts like this one that you are currently listening to, Gear 30, which has just allowed us to kind of expand the range of conversations we've had and sometimes just allowed us to drill down incredibly deep on certain topics and subjects. And then I think this huge, significant fourth development is this Blister Summit. Nothing like this has ever really existed in the snow sports world, And so in this episode today, Kristen and I are going to drill down a bit on why we think that this is going to be, well, first, such a fun event, but secondly, just a really new significant event in the snow sports world. So yeah, that is what we've got on tap for you today. And this episode of Gear 30 is presented by our Blister Recommended Shop Outdoor Gear Exchange, which is located in beautiful Burlington, Vermont. And just a few weeks ago, I had a really fun conversation with OGE's head of the ski department, Megan Shenton, right here on Gear 30. So you can check out episode number 131 for that conversation. And now there are three things you ought to know that are happening with Outdoor Gear Exchange. First, OGE's winter clothing clearance is in full swing, and you can save up to 30% on this season's winter clothing from brands like The North Face, Black Diamond, Outdoor Research, Prana, and more. And you can just head over to GearX.com to learn more. Second thing, OGE's annual ice climbing sale kicks off this Saturday, February 6th, where you can save up to 25% off of ice axes and crampons and ropes and helmets and more from brands like Petzl and Black Diamond and Camp and Metolius. And that sale runs through February 15th. Now the third and final thing you really ought to follow Outdoor Gear Exchange on Instagram and Facebook because you will get access to OGE's virtual clinics and Q&A sessions where their staff members will fill you in on their own backcountry skiing setups and answer your questions about how to get started in a new sport. So again, their website is gearx.com and on the social medias, Just look up Outdoor Gear Exchange, all spelled out, and I promise you'll find them. And with that, let's go ahead and get to my conversation with my good friend slash Blister Reviewer slash our Blister Summit Director, Kristen Sinnott. Here we go. Well, good morning, Kristen.
1: Good morning, Jonathan.
0: Um, We're going to do something... On this podcast that you and I have been doing a lot of for like, I don't know, 14 months now, which is talk about the Blister Summit.
1: <laughs> yes. I was I was just thinking about the first time you text me about it over a year. Really? Yeah. Over a year ago, I got a text like, reserve these dates. And like, yeah, no, I have a wedding to go to those dates. You're like, really? <laughs> like 14 months out? I was like, oh, because it wasn't even 2020 when you text me it. And you got mad at me because I was confused,
0: (laughs) which. That that all checks out and sounds, that seems like a perfectly defining exchange that kind of representative of our overall relationship. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. But what you didn't tell me was to reserve like the four to six months prior to the Blister Summit to not be able to do anything but Blister Summit.
0: Right. You didn't warn me on that one. Okay. But that's, I kind of forgot that part of the story. I, I think that's right. I texted you and said reserve these dates, but I hadn't told you anything about why or what we were doing. Is that right?
1: That's right. And it wasn't even 2020 <laughs> yet. So, when I, I didn't register 2021 as being like a date to reserve because you don't plan a lot in advance.
0: This is a fair point you make.
1: And that Wasn't that the year of Jonathan from some other conversations? <laughs> so, your, your planning kind of just... <laughs> Took a turn.
0: Uh, it, it was called the year of Ellsworth, and I still have horrible, horrible regrets forever, forever bringing that up. Anyway, I love that you brought up that first text. You know, it has been interesting to say the least. The planning, the thinking through about this, the working with you for an insane amount of hours to pull this thing together. And I just thought. We ought to have a conversation and just fill in a bit more of the backstory and flesh out a few more details about why we're doing this thing and why we are still excited about it, even though it's definitely a, a tricky time to to be pulling this off. Yeah,
1: sounds good. When you sent that original text and you, all that excitement you had behind it, I, I know you're still very excited, and gets like every time I talk to you, I get more and more excited about the Blister Summit. Can you describe that original idea or how it came about?
0: One of the things that always has struck me as sort of a little bit strange is, you know, we would be getting all of this new product way ahead of time, right? And a number of other media outlets are also getting on this stuff there were kind of a number of ideas, but one of them was I just liked the idea that we would get sort of normal people, like people who aren't working in the ski industry, to actually get on some of the new for next year gear. I also like the idea of letting people get on skis from some of the smaller brands out there. I mean, this is something we've been hearing for a long time. Is like. Man, you guys just wrote this review from this cool little indie company and I would love to actually have a chance to get on one of their skis. And um so that was that was part of it. Like let's actually let people get on some of the brands that we think are interesting. From there then, I also liked this idea that, you know, there would be kind of this cool gathering thing where a, a bunch of people who have been Reading our reviews, or that we've talked with on the phone, because they're you know premier members, or people that we've emailed back and forth for years, um, our blister members. It's like let's all get together and um, and get to meet up, and they can meet some of our reviewers, and they too can see that Sam is kind of a pain in the ass. You know, I felt like I Sam felt like people great. should have this opportunity. Sam is
1: great. I'm hunting Sam here. <laughs>
0: So that was another part of it, you know, let people come see Blister Headquarters and, and just get to ski together. So those were some of the initial initial kernels, and that's not everything, but I don't know, does that seem about right so far?
1: Yeah, so what struck me is like, it's more than just a demo ski event, right? It's not, mm-hmm. you're not going to be going up there getting a pair of skis and skiing it one hour, like rumors only, like you get this ski and you want right. to ski it for three couple hours, 3 hours, 4 hours. Like enjoy it, you know, have fun. And it's these companies that you you won't necessarily get to ski on anywhere else, but it's also these other like larger companies and they're going to be bringing skis based on the feedback we get from uh the registered uh participants, right? The attendees.
0: Yeah, and that was another big component in the original conception of this summit is that, you know, We sit here and put together, you know, I think I I looked this up a year or two ago because I was like, in our blister manifesto, it says, I think we write these sort of 1500 word reviews. And I'm like, okay, actually, by the time we are done with a ski where we do a first look of it, a flash review of it, publish our full review, and then publish a corresponding deep dive... We're actually in like something like 7,000 words on a single ski by the time we're done with it. And it's like, you know, that's what we do. and And we think that we're putting out a pretty valuable product in terms of that consumer product information. But I always thought that it would be really interesting to also collect the feedback from people who don't write gear reviews for a living, right? And I thought that would be, that became an interesting thought experiment for me to then try to think through, okay, so we have a bunch of like normal people who are passionate about skiing. Can we put together a kind of questionnaire that would allow them to provide really useful and meaningful feedback about a given ski? And then that would be something that would be kind of a different data point. I mean, been, we've been calling it kind of like a consumer consensus that our whole global blister audience would be able to look at and compare maybe to a long review that Luke Kappa and I wrote about a ski, right? So it's like this would be a way to bring in that, that consumer consensus, mm-hmm. if that makes sense.
1: So yeah, I, I love the idea of a consumer consensus or... um just getting other people's opinions on these skis. I, I'm i still developing my review style and I, I need work on it. And I honestly, you I probably said this to you a few times, but I found it pretty intimidating to write these long form reviews um, just because I hadn't done it before. But you had, even when I was starting reviewing, you had this these questions that you're asking or trying to bring it, like have me critically think about these skis and how I ski. So I've learned so much more about what I enjoy out of a ski and like getting on a different ski that initially I don't like, but it if I change this in my skiing style, oh, it's much more playful. So I found I find I'm becoming a more well-rounded skier and really enjoying my time on the hill too. Uh, so being able to have people start critically thinking about what they're doing with their skis, I think it's really interesting but also the way you walked me through it and how we're going to walk through participants, I think people are really going to enjoy this experience.
0: Yeah. And I've actually been saying this for years. I don't know that I've said this too much like out loud or on a podcast, but there really is something as obviously spent a whole lot of time thinking about like, one, what does it mean to write a truly valuable and useful review? What does that look like? What are the ingredients? How do you approach that? Along the way, I kind of realized like we're basically like sommeliers, right? It's like someone shows up and they're like, hey, I like to ski, right? And what our job is, is through our reviews and through maybe a back and forth process with Blister members via email or on the phone, it's simply to help line up the right the right skier with the right product, the product that they're going to most enjoy. And I honestly haven't really found a better analogy than, you know, if you go to dinner and somebody's like, would you like some wine with that dish? And it's like, yeah, I don't actually know all that much about wine. Maybe what do you think would pair? Well, you know, given what I'm into and, and I'm like, that's a weird analogy, I think, but I also think it's really accurate. And in that way, I think like, you know, if you go to a winery or if you go to a whiskey distillery, one of the things that they always do there is kind of help you think through how they evaluate a wine or tell you what they look for and what you might want to look for. And I do actually think that, especially for the blister audience, And it's for pretty much anybody listening to a gear 30 podcast, that's going to be the stuff that, you know, some people might already be really advanced and knowledgeable in like how they think about skis. And that's awesome. Some people might have a whole lot where it's like, wow, this is kind of eye opening. I've never, I've never really thought about skis this much before or how to think about what I like or don't like or the rest. And I think that's going to be a really cool component of this as well.
1: Yeah, I just can't stop thinking of calling it a ski tasting instead of a ski test.
0: Oh no, ski <laughs> tasting. Oh no.
1: But yeah, no, oh no, and yeah, no. I I really like that analogy. I thought that's really helpful. And the fact that you'll they'll be uh, really good people for the representing the vendors and their brands to help you determine what skis you might like or. Maybe stretch out from what you usually have or usually like yep. on the hill and, you know, grab something that maybe you gravitate towards 100, you know, centimeter or millimeter waist and you want to go to an 88. Like I didn't think I was going to want to, but man, they are fun. So, yeah. Yeah. Having people like that around to talk to um, these industry professionals and, um, yeah, it's going to, I think people are going to really enjoy this.
0: You know, there's another. I think really significant component about bringing people to to do this and participate in this test and that's you know we do we've talked about this on gear30 quite a bit but we will hear from people who you know it's kind of funny over the years we've gotten kind of comments on the site that it's like you guys clearly aren't that good at skiing like you're so not good at skiing that your reviews Uh, can't possibly be meaningful or relatable to how I, the commenter, ski. We've then had the exact opposite of that, right? Which is people are like, you guys are way too good at skiing for these reviews to be relatable. We've been told that we ski in terrain that's too technical or something. So that's not relatable. We've been told we either don't weigh enough or we're too short or whatever for our reviews to be relatable. It's kind of hilarious, right? And as I've been saying now for years, like we have helped line up skis for skiers literally all around the globe of all different sizes and of all different ability levels. And so I actually think that we are quite good at this. And yet this does solve a bit of a problem, which is that we can't, for a number of reasons, just have an infinite number of reviewers. And so I think that it's going to be really interesting to have, you know, some less experienced skiers come, some extremely experienced skiers come, some really big guys, some really small guys, some women of different sizes, right? Just, I think to start collecting those kind of different data points from a broader range of skiers outside of me and you and Sasha and Luke and Sam, that's just going to be an interesting thing. And we're then going to do what we kind of do at Blister, which is kind of collect the individual feedback from reviewers and do our best to kind of helpfully distill that information to then provide to manufacturers but also to kind of share with the blister, the broader blister community. And I think that is going to be super compelling. I also am unaware of any media outlet that's ever done something like this. Right. And that's why we're calling this like the world's first consumer focused ski test.
1: Yeah. One of the things I'm looking forward to is just talking to the attendees of the, about the skis they've been on. Cause that is, I think so fun is, getting to hear their feedback on it. And yeah, even if, you know, they, they don't think of themselves as a hard-charging ski or anything like that, it's it's going to be great to hear what they thought of it in a slower turn or a faster turn. Um And the other thing too, like, we need to point out is they don't have to participate in the ski test. They just want to come and, like, try skis. They don't have to, you know, answer any questions. And these questions will be pretty easy as, I mean, we're trying to make it, like, Multiple choice, and maybe if you want to elaborate, great. But we're not asking yep. you to write an essay every night, or even really write much. Just so so people know, like we're not asking a long format review. Jonathan's not going to critique you like he does me no. for my reviews. Right, you're welcome, <laughs> everyone. Um, so yeah, I think it's we we just want to know what you think, and we're going to lay it out um, with some great questions uh, that you know, will help you think about your day and, and those skis that you enjoyed or didn't enjoy and, and why, like, what was it about that ski that didn't appeal to you or did appeal? So.
0: I kind of started to wonder a little bit if there might be some people that might feel a little bit intimidated about this process, right? I think a lot of the response has been people are like, oh, this is awesome. Like I definitely would love to give my feedback and get on a number of different skis. That's great. But I think because we do these long form reviews and you, the other night you were like, I'm still intimidated by our reviews. And I was like, yeah, me too. Like we're, because we're always trying to like level them up and raise the bar. It's not some sort of paint by numbers thing that we do here. Right. And so, but I started thinking more about the fact that if, you know, passionate skier who maybe doesn't get to ski all that many days a year, if they're like, I'm not going to come try to be a ski tester with these weirdo people that write 7,000 word ski reviews. And it's like, because I talk to so many different people of such a wide range of abilities and experience, I kind of forgot, like, no, like, and I ski with people like that who come to visit us in CB. I sort of forgot that maybe it wasn't obvious that this is not going to be some sort of intimidating process. Or if somebody's like, I haven't skied all that many skis, so I'm not going to be able to have good feedback. It's like, that's absolutely not something that anybody should worry about. And we're very intentionally designing um, the questions and the survey stuff in such a way that one... As I hope everybody would assume, we're still very much trying to extract like very meaningful and very beneficial feedback, but do that through the simplest and clearest questions possible. And that's something, I mean, I was tweaking the questionnaire that we're going to be, you know, allowing people the opportunity to fill out. And again, if they don't want to, they don't have to.
1: Yes. And I'll make sure to review that.
0: Yeah, I know.
1: (laughs) yes. The questions are reasonable and I would, yep. could easily answer them. Maybe I'll even That's have Lyndon, right. my son, check it out and see if he can answer. Some. Okay. No, I'm kidding. He does have a quiver though.
0: Wait, Lyndon also now has a quiver? He's had a quiver so since Paul... he was like one. Oh, and so you're claiming your son had the quiver sooner than Paul Forward's son.
1: Let me just tell you, so it doesn't sound super elitist here. Uh, <laughs> he has three pairs of skis. Two are the same. Well, okay. Two of them are the same type that I bought for 20 bucks. They're ski bombs that have like their cheap plastic things. And the first time we took them up, I thought we left them at the ski area. It was before the ski area was even open last year. I was like, shoot, like I lost them already. So I ordered another pair. Turns out they were just in our garage. So he has two of those pairs and I just broke one of the buckles. So, well, whatever. But then we rented, um, have a long-term lease or a seasonal lease from a family member's shop. Uh, So yeah, he has has three pairs of skis.
0: (laughs) Wow. Lyndon, killing it. Well, I'd love to keep talking about your son's ski quiver, (laughs) but we should probably talk a little bit about the backcountry component of the summit. You want to talk a bit about that?
1: This is the hardest thing for me to understand because like, okay, we're going to do a backcountry element. How does that work? Because when you go demo skis, you don't usually get this option. And then you said, we're going to have guides. And I was so confused because I've never really (laughs) been with a backcountry guide. So you're like, wait a minute, you're offering backcountry guides to attendees like that. That's super cool. And you like we know these guides and they're legit and the Crested Butte backcountry is gorgeous. And just this experience sounds amazing. And like the registration, like it pays for itself just to go out with these backcountry guides. Um, So. I, I, yeah, I don't know if you want to go into like the idea behind why you decided to add this element.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that this, and it is like this, has been a complex part of the planning for this event. But basically, I just really liked the idea, as obviously more and more people are getting into backcountry skiing or and touring. Or are just curious about it. And, you know, again, this was like 15, 16 months ago when I first started thinking through the ideas for the summit. It's like, if you fast forward to now, it's like, yeah, backcountry's kind of only gotten bigger, obviously. But the thought of letting people safely get into the backcountry with professional Irwin guides that seemed awesome. And, obviously, if we were going to do this, like safety was our first priority. And secondly, like, as I've said a million times, like, I don't, I, I believe that backcountry gear should be tested not on chairlifts, right? Which frankly, is sort of the common model of a lot of the ski tests, a lot of other ski tests, they're riding all this AT gear in bounds. And I'm like, yeah, it's, it's not the same. And so it's like we don't test AT gear and bounds. Like we go ski it in the backcountry. And we also don't have like dudes review, like write our women's ski reviews, which just in case anybody didn't know, way more common practice than you might imagine in our beloved ski industry. So anyway, that's been part of it. And like we know the Irwin guides. We're like friends with them. And it just seemed like this would be a thing worth putting together. And so, yeah, as you said, I mean, in terms of like a wild value for attendees of the summit, getting to go out in this fashion. And I was actually surprised, Kristen, you, you know, you do a lot of backcountry skiing and you were like, I've actually never been out with a guide. Well, that was kind of eye opening to me.
1: Yeah. And and I guess to be fair, like I tried to hire a guide when we were in Japan for a day, well, we were in Japan for more than one day, but we're like, Oh, we'll go with a guide. And it it wasn't a good experience, like the booking of it and all sorts of stuff. So the fact that like we know Irwin guides and we know it's a good experience and we've cut out, you know, the booking process. And like, you're not, you're not having to pay this, this price for it. So it's, it's really cool. They're going to take you to some great spots. It's a four to one ratio, which is super sweet. Like, you maybe you've been in the backcountry, but you have questions about like a train trap or something, like you can ask these guides. Like you're getting more than just uh testing skis out of this. This is a really, really cool experience. Um and yeah. again, cool area too. So
0: Yeah. And and I do wanna say, like for this summit, here's how we're kind of thinking about this right now, cause hopefully everybody listening to this already gets this, but I'll say it anyway. Like you go into the back country, you go ski only the zones and the terrain that the current conditions are permitting. And so for this first year summit, I'm really honestly thinking about this more in that kind of like educational way. It's people trying out some new gear it's maybe people that have not spent a ton of time skinning or maybe somebody like you, Kristen, who has a lot of good experience, but has never been in the Crested Butte backcountry or has never been out with a guide. I am not really trying to position this as like, we're going to go get rowdy and go ski like the gnarliest lines in CB. That's not really my vision, especially for this year one, as we're launching this and just trying to see what the logistics look like. So I guess I'll I'll temper expectations if there's like the hard charger skier who's like, I'm coming to the summit. I've got professional guides and we're gonna go get on top of gnarly stuff that probably won't slide. It's like, yeah, dude, like that's that's not the way that I'm thinking about this right now. So I think I want this to be a chill, fun, cool experience, but I, for one, am not, my mindset isn't like we're going to go get rowdy. And I don't think it's the year for that. It's a, it's a complex snowpack right now. And again, like fully, fully, when it comes to the backcountry component to this, my first priority is like, we just want everybody to have a good time and a really safe time. And um, that's kind of where we are.
1: Yeah. And I think that's a great way to look at it um but you will have be able to h- ask those guides questions and like get a really good Absolutely. experience out of it and know, you know if some of those lower angle areas or just uh, lower angle terrain um whatever yeah. whatever they they are going to know where to go and they can explain why to the people and what yep. to look for in these conditions so it's it's just really cool and you're going to be on skis that you haven't been on yeah. before and have this yeah. you know really neat experience
0: one thing we'll say Also about some of the logistics of the backcountry stuff, what we're planning to do is each day for the on-snow portion of this event, right? So there's Summit A and Summit B, both summits involve three days on-snow. Our plan is to offer each day kind of a morning tour and an afternoon tour, And so, you know, let's say roughly groups would be leaving around 8.30 a.m., 9.00 a.m. for the morning tour, and then would be back by, say, noon. So not some super wild, lengthy tour. And then in the afternoon each day, probably a group would be leaving around 12 or 12.30 and would be back by 3.34. So, you know... Again, like this is kind of exactly what we do most of the time when we're testing new AT gear. I don't go do some epic day in a new ski boot or on a new touring binding or on a new ski. It's like, you know, a few hours out and back is what I generally like to do. And I actually did that yesterday afternoon on a new ski. But like, you know, it's not the time to go like set some new PR in terms of vert or whatever, if you've never been on the equipment, right? So that's a little bit about the kind of logistics and how we're framing up the days.
1: And just um, another thing to put out there, we we aren't going to have AT boots to demo at at this summit, like we're hoping yeah. to in the future, but this one, we're... So once you register, you'll receive an email from me asking some of these questions on What gear you have, boot sole lengths, uh, what length skis you prefer, just getting to know you a little bit so we can make sure we have the gear you need. And it and one of the questions is do you have A T boots?
0: Yeah. In terms of some of the companies that are gonna be there, Matt Sturbins is gonna be here from Wonder Alpine, Pep Fujas is gonna be here from Wonder Alpine. I'm excited for you guys to get to meet them. Because Sturbin's is hilarious. Folsom Custom Skis will be here. Uh, Mike McCabe, uh, who you guys have heard from, who you guys have heard on past year thirty episodes. We're gonna have Rosignol and Dina Star and Icelandic and Forefront and Wagner Custom Skis, and um, we're excited about the group. And frankly, I mean, tis the year, and some of you probably understand this. I'm hearing from one or two other companies that are hitting me up and saying, we really, really, really want to be at this thing. We're just seeing if we can possibly make that work. So there might be another one or two additions, but we've got a really solid group that we're excited about. And every one of these companies has skis that we are really excited to have you guys get to check out and provide your feedback on.
1: Yeah, I think it's a it's a really cool lineup. Uh I'm excited to meet some of these folks I haven't met yet either. Um, yeah. But uh before we end this, I I do have one question for you cuz I think many people might have the same one. Why why this year? Why start it in yeah. 2021? I think it's everybody knows it's been very challenging. So yeah, why why did we move forward with it? What's your take on that?
0: Yeah, I mean, Kristen, as you literally know better than anyone on this planet. I mean, every single day since for like almost a year now, there has been this question of the summit, right? And should we do it? And how are things uh, trending and all the rest? And finally, we got to a place where I talked with dozens of medical professionals from all around the country, ER docs, general practitioners, PAs, and the like, I laid out exactly what we had in mind for this event. And every single one of them told me to go forward with this event. Every single one of them. And the consensus was that being outside in the daytime right which is what we're doing when we're skiing we're outdoors in the sunlight that in terms of covid risks in the rest that is a really small likelihood of transmission of covid and we took that into account and then when what i really wanted to see is like when the chairlifts started spinning this season And, like, we literally live right here at the base of Crested Butte Mountain Resort. That was very telling to me. And I wanted to see, like, does this feel weird? Does this feel good? Does this feel natural? What kind of issues are we seeing at ski areas? And honestly, like, it was when we started seeing the chairlifts spinning where I was like we should definitely do this event. We can do it in a safe way. It will be outdoors. All of the meetings, the group gatherings will be outside. And I frankly just didn't want to give up on an entire winter. And you know, look, we've been going over this. Every single one of you has had these conversations about, you know, the health questions uh introduced by COVID, the economic questions introduced by COVID. And seeing there. In other words, there's a lot of different factors and a lot of different variables and verticals and a lot of different sets of concerns. There's a mental health component. And as Luke Kopp and I keep saying, like the fact that we can go ski is such a incredible mood enhancer to us that if we can do that in a responsible way, like we're just like, thank God that we've been able to do that. And those, so, there's no one reason to it. But, I, and then let me finish with this, Kristen. So, we had all those factors together. And then, what we did was start going through a rigorous process of working with Gunnison County public health officials to ensure that everything that we were providing here and presenting here for this summit and all the modifications that we made to this event were 100% in line with county protocols. So none of this was sort of this cavalier attitude of like, ah, we're just kind of sick of COVID. Let's just do our own thing. It's probably fine. That has been the furthest thing from our approach. Again, Kristen, as you know better than anyone, Mm -hmm. uh, to how we've been working through this summit. And that's why we feel so confident in going forward with it. And we are asking every single attendee to continue to be responsible and be vigilant. But another big thing for me is exactly in the same way that every single time we go backcountry skiing, you go out, you are assuming responsibilities at every single step. We are used to taking calculated risks. That is what we do as backcountry skiers. It's often what we do as inbound skiers, right? Should I hit that jump or not? You know? And so that's what we're doing here. And we're in some ways, it feels like we're... It's we're doing the same thing that we do every single time we go skiing inbounds or in the backcountry.
1: And and our job too was to try to eliminate as many risks as possible. Yeah. Which so how we went from originally planning it to be, you know, indoors in the ballrooms inside the elevation hotel, we shifted it outside. Everything yeah. is outside. We have like yeah. we're masking up, we're we're gonna have hand sanitizer stations, we're you know, all the protocols. we again, as you mentioned, the the risk mitigation application we had to go through to get approval for this event. And that's why we didn't get to announce it as early as we wanted because everybody was watching the numbers and figuring out how to make this as safe as possible. But, and I agree with what, you know, you and Luke say about getting on the chairlift or going skiing. Like it is the most normal and the happiest thing like I've been able to do since the start of COVID. Like, yeah, they shut down our season last year, but when we got to start getting on the lifts or skiing again this season, oh, my goodness, like, mood enhancer. It yeah. was it was so wonderful. And just seeing your friends and not, like, hugging your friends, but just seeing them out yeah. there and taking a run with them and being able to talk to them from a safe distance outside, like, while masked. Like, it has been such a great experience. And, like, we want to keep that going with this event. Um, with Yeah, with all these protocols in place, and so we – We want you guys to come. We want you to enjoy it and be safe while here.
0: You know, we do also have, we are supplying these outdoor research masks to every vendor and attendee who would like one. And it's very frankly, I mean, this is what we do here at Blister. We have had, we've had sent to us a lot of different buffs and a lot of different face masks and These outdoor research masks are of a lot of different options that I have. These are the ones that I have personally been using every single day, starting back in the spring, and I'm now skiing them every day. And we've gone through, we did a podcast with outdoor research where we were talking about these masks. They are effectively N95 masks. Minus the blood splatter protection, which we talk about in our gear 30 podcast, but I was like, I'm trying to be responsible here. I'm so I'm not just throwing on any old buff and we don't know how effective it is at reducing particulate transfer. But this was the best thing that we found for use for skiing and snowboarding. And so we're like, let's make those available to the people coming here. Like we have been so we have tried so hard to be intentional in how we've set this up that I I think it's fair to say, Kristen, like every detail we have at least so far thought about as hard and as best as we possibly could. That's been our, it's our job, right? So plus people are going to get a sick t-shirt with the Blister Summit logo on it made by Flylo with the artwork. The logo was designed by Crested Butte artist, John Fellows, who's awesome. He will be at the summit. The shirts are sweet. We are working on sweet hats as well. Turns out that's required a lot of iterations and going back with the different manufacturers on that, but we're getting to a very good spot. So, you know, come for the awesome skis you're going to be able to get on. Come for the great people who will be here but stay for the sick t shirt and hat
1: well, and, that we're working hard on. And goggle socks.
0: Oh, and goggle socks. Do you guys haven't yeah. experienced
1: goggle socks? Like, I have to say they've saved a number of my lenses from hitting my head on the car trying to get my son out.
0: <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yeah, big. we got we got a lot of we got a lot of fun things here. So last thoughts here. Anything else we failed to touch on so far?
1: People need to be re- getting their tickets for Mount CB requires a reservation yep. if they don't know. Uh so just yeah, start planning. It's going to it's going to be great and you're not going to want to miss it.
0: I should ask you, you know, for our what we're celebrating this week segment. What are you celebrating this week?
1: So you're going to make fun of me for this one, but I'm sitting in a room uh, with a box of glitter <laughs> next to me and I'm going to go with glitter. <laughs> 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 And um, so my son, uh, we're making Valentine's Day cards for his friends and he keeps making one and they're cute. And we put glitter on the top of the paint. He's like, my friends are going to be so happy. (laughs) So it's really adorable. But also like looking through photos or just being out on the mountain when you get that glittery snow too, like... Something about the sparkle. So maybe I should have said sparkle, not glitter. It just kinda brings a smile to your face. And you know what? If you're lucky, Jonathan, you might get one of these sweet Valentine's Day cards in the mail. (laughs) They they are gorgeous. (laughs)
0: Wow. Okay. I'm gonna get a Valentine's Day card from Lyndon.
1: I said if you're lucky. I didn't say a guarantee.
0: (laughs) Okay. If I I, if I'm on my if I promise to be on my best. Yeah, I need to I probably need to be nicer.
1: And maybe don't teach him any curse words.
0: Oh, that is a problem. When I call you, I sometimes don't know that I'm on speakerphone.
1: Uh, Let's just say usually you're not because I've learned.
0: (laughs) Anyway, uh, so this week, apparently, we're celebrating glitter and sparkles.
1: Well, that's what I am. What are you celebrating?
0: You know, honestly, this week I think I'm going to go with glitter and sparkles, and uh, I'm celebrating that I might be getting a Valentine's Day card from Lyndon. I think that's good. That's what I'll celebrate this week. Since since it's morning, I am not going to be drinking any Whistle Pig right now, but uh, I I will tonight when I go to bed, probably around two or three a.m. I will raise a glass. I'll probably go. I'm going to go Ten Year tonight with ice. I'll raise a glass to glitter and sparkles, and, and to a Valentine's card from Lyndon. But now you kind of need to send me one.
1: Again, well, I have a little time, so be, be
0: nice. Okay. <laughs> you might get one. That's, that's real fair. That's very fair, Kristen. Um, excellent. Well, Kristen, thank you so much for the massive effort that this has been in terms of planning this out. And, uh, you know, so appreciate all the hard work. And everybody, go to blisterreview.com, it's prominently displayed on the homepage of the website the blister summit there's a lot of information email kristen if you have any questions and come see us it's going to be great and i i honestly truly believe that the folks that do make it out to this there is going to be a bit of a point of pride in saying that you were at this very first blister summit or summit 0 as uh, as we have been referring to it too and so you know, we're excited to get this off the ground and we hope you'll come be a part of this launch. So, um, that's it.
1: Yeah, I'm excited. It's uh, supposed to start snowing anytime now, and it's going to be a, it's going to be a great event. Can't wait to see everybody.
0: Thanks for the conversation and talk to you real soon.
1: Sounds good. Thanks, Jonathan.
0: And that brings us to the end of this episode of Gear 30. I want to say thanks to Kristen for the conversation. Thanks to the strikingly handsome Justin Bob for producing this episode. And thanks to you for listening. And from all of us here in the Gunnison Valley, please take good care of yourself and everybody else. And we hope to see you in just a couple weeks at the Blister Summit. That's it. Bye for now. Have fun, everybody.